Chapter 16 Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne to him no children. She had a female Egyptian servant whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said to Abram, Behold now, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Go unto my servant, it may be that I shall obtain children by her. And Abraham listened to the voice of Sarai. So after Abram had lived ten years in the land of Canaan, Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar the Egyptian, her servant, and gave her to Abram, her husband, as a wife. And he went into Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked with contempt on her mistress. And Sarai said to Abram, May the wrong done to me be on you. I gave my servant to your embrace, and when she saw that she had conceived, she looked on me with contempt. May the Lord judge between you and me. But Abram said to Sarai, Behold, your servant is in your power. Do to her as you please. Then Sarai dealt harshly with her, and she fled from her. The angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, the spring on the way to Shur. And he said, Hagar, servant of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? She said, I am fleeing from my mistress Sarai. The angel of the Lord said to her, Return to your mistress and submit to her. The angel of the Lord also said to her, I will surely multiply your offspring so that they cannot be numbered for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said to her, Behold, you are pregnant and shall bear a son. You shall call his name Ishmael, because the Lord has listened to your affliction. He shall be a wild donkey of a man, his hand against everyone and everyone's hand against him, and he shall dwell over all his kinsmen. So she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her, You are a God of seeing. For she said, Truly here I have seen him who looks after me. Therefore the well was called Behir Lahai Roy. It lies between Kadesh and Bered. And Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram called the name of his son, whom Hagar bore, Ishmael. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to Abram. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless, that I may make my covenant between me and you and may multiply you greatly. Then Abram fell on his face. And God said to him, Behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. For I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make you into nations, and kings shall come from you. And I will establish my covenants between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. And I will give to you and to your offspring after you the land of your sojournings, all the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. And God said to Abraham, As for you, you shall keep my covenant, you and your offspring after you throughout their generations. This is my covenant, which you shall keep, between me and you and your offspring after you. Every male among you shall be circumcised. You shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. He who is eight days old among you shall be circumcised. Every male throughout your generation, whether born in your house or bought with your money from any foreigner who is not of your offspring, both he who was born in your house and he who was bought with your money shall surely be circumcised. So shall my covenant be in your flesh an everlasting covenant. 
Any uncircumcised male who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin shall be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. And God said to Abraham, As for Sarai your wife, you shall not call her Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her, and moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she shall become nations. Kings of peoples shall come from her. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said to himself, Shall a child be born to a man who is a hundred years old? Shall Sarah, who is ninety years old, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. God said, No, but Sarah your wife shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his offspring after him. As for Ishmael, I have heard you. Behold, I have blessed him and will make him fruitful and multiply him greatly. He shall father twelve princes, and I will make him into a great nation. But I will establish my covenant with Isaac, whom Sarah shall bear to you at this time next year. When he had finished talking with him, God went up from Abraham. Then Abraham took Ishmael his son, and all those born in his house were bought with his money, every male among the men of Abraham's house, and he circumcised the flesh of their foreskins that very day, as God had said to him. Abraham was ninety-nine years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, and Ishmael his son was thirteen years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. That very day, Abraham and his son Ishmael were circumcised, and all the men of his house, those born in the house, and those bought with money from a foreigner, were circumcised with him. And the Lord appeared to him by the oaks of Mamre, as he sat at the door of his tent in the heat of the day. He lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, three men were standing in front of him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them, and bowed himself to the earth, and said, O Lord, if I have found favor in your sight, do not pass by your servant. Let a little water be brought, and wash your feet, and rest yourselves under the tree, while I bring a morsel of bread, that you may refresh yourselves and after that you may pass on, since you have come to your servant. So they said, Do as you have said. And Abraham went quickly into the tent to Sarah and said, Quick, three seas of fine flour, knead it and make cakes. And Abraham ran to the herd and took a calf, tender and good, and gave it to a young man who prepared it quickly. Then he took curds and milk and the calf that he had prepared and set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree while they ate. They said to him, Where is Sarah, your wife? And he said, She is in the tent. The Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent door behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in years. The way of women had ceased to be with Sarah. So Sarah laughed to herself, saying, After I am worn out, and my Lord is old, shall I have pleasure? The Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, Shall I indeed bear a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you about this time next year, and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied it, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. He said, No, but you did laugh. Then the men set out from there, and they looked down toward Sodom. And Abraham went with them to set them on their way. The Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him? For I have chosen him, 
that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice, so that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has promised him. Then the Lord said, Because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great and their sin is very grave, I will go down to see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry that has come to me, and if not, I will know. So the men turned from there and went toward Sodom, for Abraham still stood before the Lord. Then Abraham drew near and said, Will you indeed sweep away the righteousness with the wicked? Suppose there are fifty righteous within the city. Will you then sweep away the place and not spare it for the fifty righteous who are in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to put the righteous to death with the wicked, so that the righteous fare as the wicked. Far be that from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth do what is just? And the Lord said, If I find at Sodom fifty righteous in the city, I will spare the whole place for their sake. Abraham answered and said, Behold, I have undertaken to speak to the Lord, I who am but dust and ashes. Suppose five of the fifty righteous are lacking. Will you destroy the whole city for lack of five? And he said, I will not destroy it if I find forty-five there. Again he spoke to him and said, Suppose forty are found there. He answered, For the sake of forty, I will not do it. Then he said, Oh, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak. Suppose thirty are found there. He answered, I will not do it if I find thirty there. He said, Behold, I have undertaken to speak to the Lord. Suppose twenty are found there. He answered, For the sake of twenty, I will not destroy it. Then he said, Oh, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak again but this once. Suppose ten are found there. He answered, For the sake of ten, I will not destroy it. And the Lord went his way when he had finished speaking to Abraham, and Abraham returned to his place. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to the Peculiar Podcast. My name is James Chase, and I definitely messed up yesterday. In Genesis chapter 15, verse 9, there's a part that says, bring a heifer three years old, a female goat three years old. I definitely said male goat. And I want to apologize to anyone that heard me mess up. I try to catch these things. I try to listen to the podcast over and over again before I upload it. And this one slipped by me. So I apologize. And I hope that you keep listening because I'm going to try to make, not make those mistakes. Okay. Thank you for joining me today. We have gone through chapter 16 through 18 of the book of Genesis, and I'm just going to talk about some things that stuck out to me. So there's this whole first section of chapter 16 where I see how important it is for women to bear children. So Sarai and Abram are trying to have children, and it seems like Sarai is barren and she says the Lord has prevented me from bearing children and I that puts me in awe because it gives like God is the giver of life and and I think that reminds me that anytime um, a man and woman have a child it's by the power of of God like it's not just it's more than biology it's a spiritual thing that's happening as well because god is in the midst of that so the act of having children going through those nine months it's not 
something to be taken lightly because God is in the midst of it. And I just also think about the sanctity of human life and how important that life is in the womb. And it was so important to Sarai that when she wasn't having children, she went to Abram, her husband, and said, here, take my servant and impregnate her and I will have children through her. And I'm not sure how good of an idea this was. Um, And I think about how (laughs) I'm going to get in trouble. All right. So. I'm, I'm in reading the Bible every day. I'm noticing, I noticed a connection. I made a connection. So in the beginning, Eve took of the fruit of the garden and she gave to Adam. Bad idea, right? And here in chapter 16, Sarai tells Abram to go into Hagar, her servant, so that she could have children by her. Also not a good idea. And so I'm seeing, (laughs) and I know what you're thinking, James, are you really about to blame wives for like bad decision making and all that stuff? No, I'm saying that it's on the part of both of them for it's on the wives part in these situations that to suggest that idea. And it's also bad for the husband to um, go along with it instead of playing his role and just saying no like we're gonna trust in god and in his word and we're gonna do what he says i hope that that makes sense and i hope that you keep listening um oh gosh i'm just talking we're just having a conversation please don't be mad at me oh okay all right that was um that was really hard to say and i'm gonna keep going on i hope you're still here okay so abram impregnates hagar hagar has a son and Sarai gets mad and she gets mad at Abram. She says, may the wrong done to me be on you. And me as Abram's like, wait, why? What did I do? I just, me husband, me listen to you wife. Now you wife mad at me husband. What? I, I, I don't understand. Make it make sense. Please. Like, I just, I'm just here. Help. I'm just trying to do the right thing. I'm trying to make wife happy, but now wife mad at me. Help, please. Why make it make sense? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so all all the wives out there listening, if you could just comment and just help me make sense. I'm not I'm not married yet, so I'm just I'm trying to you know figure out how to be a good husband. And you know I I think listen to wife like listen to wife wife be happy. But sometimes you listen to wife and wife not be happy. So help please. Thank you. See because Abram could have said no wife. This is not what we're going to do. And then there would be no more Genesis. It would have ended at at chapter 16 and that would have been it because she would have killed him for not listening. So I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But I do think it's an interesting look and an interesting take into how not a whole lot has changed between the whole husband wife dynamic. Like 2000 years later and we're still, wives are still getting mad at husbands for listening to them. So in verse 13, Hagar calls the Lord a God of seeing, because after all that she has been through between Sarai and Abram, and she flees to the wilderness and she has an interaction with God. And through that, she learns that God is a God of seeing. And you're going to see this throughout the book of Genesis, where 
people have interactions with God and they learn about different aspects of God. And here we learn that God is a God of seeing. And I just want to let you know that God sees you and the situation that you're in may look terrible, but God has not overlooked you. He's all seeing, he's all knowing, and he is in the midst of your situation. And I don't know how that situation is going to turn out, but I can assure you that you are seen. Your pain, your heartache, your confusion, your many, many questions, they are seen by God. And he's not far from you. So I would encourage you to call on him. His name's Jesus, and he will draw near to you. In chapter 17, God changes Abram's name to Abraham, and he establishes a covenant. And he tells him that he's going to bear a son by the name of Isaac. And Abraham laughs. And I think this is a testament to his relationship with God because he's just talking to him as a good friend. And he's saying, really? You know, I'm going to bear a child. Do you not know how old I am? I mean, you know, but I'm old. God, I don't, I don't think I'm going to be able to do this. And Sarah is, you know, she's old too. I mean, she's not really here. So I'm just going to say she's old because, you know, like she would kill me if she actually heard me say that she was old. But, you know, she's old. And, you know, how are we going to bear children? And Abraham even suggests that everything be passed down through Ishmael. But God says, no, this is the promise that I have given you that you guys will bear a son next year and you will call his name Isaac. I have my plan for Ishmael. I'm going to make him fruitful and multiply him greatly. And there's going to he's going to father 12 princes. So trust my plan that I have for you. And in chapter 18, Sarah hears about the promise of Isaac and how she's going to be birthed. And by the way, side note, uh, so God tells Abraham that his wife's name is no longer going to be Sarai, but Sarah. But he doesn't tell Sarah that her name is going to be Sarah. So I just was wondering how that situation played out. You know, did Abraham just go to Sarah and then was like, hey, Sarah, how you doing? And she was like, who are you, who are you talking to? Because I'm Sarai. And Abraham's like, ah, uh, you know, God told me to change your name. So your name has changed. So you're Sarai now. So hi, hey, 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 Sarah. So I was just wondering about that. So she hears about the promise of Isaac and she laughs. And God says, why did you laugh? She says, I didn't laugh. And God's like, but you did, though? You know, because, you know, I'm all seeing, all knowing. You know, it's kind of my thing. You, you laughed. And so. And I, I really enjoy these two chapters because if you don't know, Isaac is Hebrew for he laughs. And I just think it's it's just it's funny. It's funny that Isaac's name, Isaac's name is it's a connection to his two parents reacting to God's promise. And I kind of want my child's name to be given by God. I, I don't know. People ask me, what are you going to name your child? Is it going to be James? He's going to be named after you. And I think, you know, I just, I want to put that in God's hands. I, I want it, I want it to be something meaningful. Also, God establishes the covenant of circumcision and ouch. That's, that's about all I got to say about that. In verse 20 of chapter 18, God turns to Sodom and Gomorrah and I just want to talk about a couple of things here. First, he says, uh, the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great and their sin is very grave. I will go down to see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry 
that has come to me. And so God is planning on destroying Sodom and Gomorrah. And I just want to talk about God's view towards sin. Um, you know, we've seen it in these past couple of chapters, um, how he has cursed Adam and Eve, how he has uh, wiped away all of mankind because of their sin. And now we see what he's, uh, we see him turning to Sodom and Gomorrah and he's about to bring down his, his wrath on this city. And I just want to remind you that, you know, God does not, God does not play when it comes to sin. I know we do bad things every day and we think, well, you know, God hasn't punished me right away. So, you know, I'm, I might as well keep doing it. Or maybe he doesn't see, or you know, maybe it's not that big of a deal to him. And I'm sure the people in Sodom and Gomorrah were thinking things like this as well. And they had, and they had little idea of what was about to happen to them. And, um, it's the same today. You know, we think that God doesn't see us, see us in our sin or he doesn't acknowledge it, but you know, he hates it. The Bible says that he, he hates, he hates sin and he hates it so much that he sent his son to, to die for us, to take his wrath on the cross. So whether you believe it or not, every person is going to have to answer for the sins that they've committed against God. Verse 22 says, So the men turned from there and went toward Sodom, but Abraham stood still before the Lord. There's this thing called intercession, and it's basically someone praying for something else, going to God on someone else's behalf. And so I just want to, I want you to have this picture in your mind of, of Sodom Abraham and the Lord, like, like in that, in that order, because Abraham knows that his nephew Lot is, uh, in Sodom and Gomorrah. And so he knows that Lot is in, is in trouble. And so he intercedes or he goes between his nephew and the Lord to pray on his behalf. And he says to the Lord, you know, if there are 50 righteous people in there, will you destroy it? And the Lord says, no, I won't destroy it for if there are 50 righteous people. And God and Abraham continues to intercede for his nephew. And, you know, and he says, God, please don't be angry. I'm coming before you again. And once again, I'm coming before you. And, and ultimately he, you know, God says, if there are 10 people for the sake of 10, I will not destroy it. And it's this beautiful thing. I see the love that Abraham had for his nephew. He loved him so much that he interceded for him, even though Lot had no idea what was going on. And I see God's love um, because he said, for the sake of 10, I won't destroy it. And so I just want to let you know that even in our sin, which God hates, he loved us so much that he sent his son to die for us on the cross. The Bible says that we have an intercessor. We have a mediator between God and man, Jesus Christ. And right now, right now, in, the, in your sin, you have the opportunity to turn to God, to repent and have him give you another chance. So repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Also, I just want to talk to any of the Jesus followers out there, anyone that believes in Jesus. You have the ability to intercede for the ones that you love and those that you don't know. 
Um, so I just would remind you to go before God and intercede for your town, your city, for your friends, your family, you know, and just, you know, ask God to have grace and mercy on these people um, and give them the chance to choose him. The relationship that Abraham had with God, that closeness is available to all of us. And I would encourage everyone listening right now to strive for that. Friends, thank you so much for listening and spending your time here. It really means so much to me. This is intended to be a conversation uh, back and forth of some sorts. So if you have any thoughts, any questions, anything you'd like to say at all, just uh, comment on the video at underscore Peculiar Productions on the Instagram, or you can go to the Facebook page of the same name. Know that I love you, but Jesus loved you first. I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you.